Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself, because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey there, food bloggers. Welcome to the Eat Blog Talk podcast made just for you, food bloggers who are wanting to add value to their businesses and to their lives. In today's episode, I will be talking to Jade Jones from jonesandfortaste.com, and we will be discussing food blogging and mental health. Jade has been a food blogger for over 10 years, and during that time, she's had three about-to-be-four children. Congratulations, Jade. I didn't know you were pregnant. She has moved seven times, and she's struggled to balance her time as a wife and a mother, all while dealing with depression. She has learned how to batch her work in order to be consistent with her blog, but also to allow herself time to deal with depression. Okay, Jade, that was just a little snippet about you. So if you don't mind, take just a couple minutes right now to add something more about you, your business, or just give us a fun fact about yourself. Um, okay, so yeah about to have baby number four in like less than a month. <laughs> um, so super excited, but it does mean my life is super crazy. Um, and my husband's also currently in law enforcement and he used to be in the military, hence quite a few of those moves. Um, and so it, the upside of this is that we are very adventurous and that's um, something that plays a big part in my blog as I focus on creating recipes from around the world and around the United States um, that reflect where we've lived and also my heritage. I'm a huge mutt. I did like one of those DNA tests and there were so many things on it. Um, so I kind of have ancestry from all around the world. And I think it's a fun way to connect with my ancestry is by making foods from around the world. Um, even though we can't afford to travel. That is awesome. I loved all of that. Before we dive in, I have to tell you that I was looking through your blog the other day and I absolutely love all of your sections that relate to summer food and kids treats. They were so fun. Over the weekend, our son turned nine. So we had a Harry Potter themed birthday party for him and we were drooling over your cute little Harry Potter goodies. <laughs> oh, huge Harry Potter nerd. <laughs> My husband only just recently figured out how much of a nerd I am. So let's dive into the topic. Let me just start by saying how sorry I am that you have dealt with depression. Two years ago, I experienced a stretch of depression that I will never forget. It was awful, honestly. At times, it was impossible even to do simple tasks like getting up to wash a few dishes. I saw a line you wrote on your blog. You said something like, depression can be paralyzing when it comes to mealtime or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And that just rang true because when I was going through that, even thinking about like getting up and opening up the fridge and preparing the simplest thing was like just seemed impossible. So one of the tactics that helped me crawl out of the darkness was kind of just figuring out what my triggers were and how to almost stay on top of them. So would you mind talking to us about triggers and ways to identify them and use them to pull you out of dark times? Yeah. So, you know, I it wasn't until I was in college that and like, I think actually married in college that I really realized how much depression had affected my ability to function in life. Um, it was something that I just never realized that all those dark times 
all came back to depression um, and realizing for me personally, stress and lack of sleep are huge triggers um, that that really quickly push me into depression and it can be very difficult to come back out. Um, so it's something that I have to be really mindful, especially as I have a two and a half year old who woke me up multiple times last night <laughs> and I'm pregnant. So I was also up multiple times last night. Oh. <laughs> um, this morning, actually, I was telling my husband as I was working on some of my goals for my blog and really trying to visualize where I want to be in a year, I was starting to full on panic and um, was really struggling to feel like I could do anything out it was very much of like, I can't do this. I'm going to fail. And recognizing that, okay, that's not me talking. That is mm-hmm. the depression talking. Yep. And so what do I need to do to address that? And sometimes it's taking a day off um, and not doing any work and just doing things that are fun so that my brain can kind of settle down and reduce that stress. Um, but it can be really hard to figure out initially what your stressors are um, and what, what can contribute. Um, and it's not to say that my depression never rears its head, even if I do address those triggers, but I have found that it's more manageable when I address those triggers. Yeah. I love what you just said about being able to recognize that is not me. It's depression because I have gotten so good at that. I'll have just a random negative thought and I'm like, okay, is this something that I need to worry about? Now I can step back and look at kind of my life and my situation and think, okay, that is depression talking or anxiety because I struggle with both. And then just like being able to separate that is so huge Then I can move on. Like, okay, I'm not going to pay attention to you today. But lack of sleep for me is a huge one as well. And days when I haven't slept as well, those thoughts creep in and worries creep in. So it's really important that all of us are getting good sleep at night and reducing stress. Now, do you do anything like uh, regular exercising or? So when I'm not pregnant, (laughs) I usually do. Um, You know, and it can be really hard to find time to exercise when you have a baby slash toddler at home. Yes. Um, So one of the things that I was doing was just going on a walk every day. Um, For me, like going on a walk and listening to a podcast was very therapeutic to have some like, I'm not a mom. Like, I'm just out taking a walk. Um, And so, you know, I'd set my son up with a whole bunch of books or some toys. And usually, as long as we're moving, he's pretty happy. Um, And so, I would go walk for a mile and a half. But just that physical being outside, Mm -hmm. getting the sunshine, um, it it does, I mean, it does such good wonders for your mental health. Um, And it's, I think we sometimes think of exercise as like, it has to be really hard, but it's like really just a walk is exercise. And if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. And that's great. And I liked what you said about being outside because nature for me is another one. Just even if I'm just sitting outside in my backyard, that's a big one for me too. Yeah. And I often will sit outside and take my work outside. Yes, me too. Um, I love that. If I'm feeling like my stresses are getting higher, but this is my time to work. It's like, well, I'm going to go sit outside and just hearing the wind and the trees and the birds, all of a sudden I can just feel that, that like stress level coming down again. And so it helps remind me that Again, it's it's something I have to deal with, but it's not also me. Yeah, right. And the sunshine too. Vitamin D is another one. Yes. <laughs> Love that. In the winter, it's harder here in Minnesota. Even in the winter, yeah. I would just go out for a little walk and get some sun on my face. All of it helps. It all adds up. It does all add up. It, taking care of all the little things really does add up. And I think it's hard when you are you know, an op- entrepreneur or running your own business to 
feel like you can take time for yourself, but when everything relies on you, you have to take that time for yourself because otherwise, if you crash, everything crashes. Totally agree. Now, let's apply this to food blogging a little bit because, as you know, food blogging can be a very lonely job. Mm-hmm. And you and I are not the only food bloggers who have dealt with this issue because working from home is great, but it can also be very lonely and isolating, which certainly does not help people who are prone to depression. So even if my listeners have not dealt directly with full-on depression, there's a good chance that they have at least gotten a taste of it if they have been doing this working from home thing long enough. So talk to us about specific tactics you employ in your business to keep stress and depression at bay. One of the biggest things that I learned a couple years ago... um, was for me connecting with others through groups. Um, it can be really hard, especially because people outside of the blogging world don't understand what we do and that it is a legitimate job that can earn money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all had those questions of like, so you make money, how? Yes. <laughs> so it's always, it's always nice to have a group of people who understand what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I've also found that as I bring up that I deal with depression, so many people are like, oh my gosh, I do too. Like, how are you doing? Like, how are you doing with this? And so being able to discuss it and realize that I'm not alone. Um, and, and for a lot of people, it might not even be just mental health. It might be physical health. I know a lot of bloggers, the reason they are bloggers is because they cannot work a traditional job or they're wanting to help others who have their conditions to live a better life. And so being able to talk with others and connect with others who feel the same way can also be very validating to be like, I'm not crazy. I can do this and somebody else understands me and I have someone I can talk to. Um, and, and then I've also been trying to go to more conferences as I can afford them. Um, and I went to everything food conference for the first time, I think last year. And it was, I went and totally imposter syndrome. I was not in a great place at my blog and didn't even know really what I wanted my niche to be. Even after having done it all this time, I was realizing that was all over the map and like really needing to get more specific. And so I went and I was just like, well, I kind of know a couple people from having talked to people online, but like never have actually talked to these people. Um, And when I left, I came away with a whole group of friends that I've connected with. I had roomed with one of the girls that I met last year, um, just randomly at the conference that we bonded over the fact that our blogs are plays on our last names. Um, Oh, nice. (laughs) And so for me, that's been really awesome to then have real life friends that are no longer Mm -hmm. internet friends. Um, And they're the people that you know, I can have my little powwows with and what are our goals? What are we working on? And that's been, again, it's just been nice to have real friends. <laughs> that's a huge one. In my experience, going to conferences has totally changed my life as far as being a food blogger. And you can connect with people online to a certain extent. It's so different when you meet somebody in person and you make that just human connection. And those people that I met have met at conferences have been good friends. Some of them are very expensive, but if you want to keep food blogging, I think it's really good and really healthy to make it a priority to get to some of those conferences and open up those, you know, human connections. So I love I love that. Well, and I think the investment that you make, you have to realize it it might not be it might not seem like it makes sense, but I have found that after every conference I go to, I always come away 
with so much more, either just from talking to friends and having the clarification moments that come from talking through things with other people. And so my business always steps up after each one and it inevitably pays for itself. So it's it's having to be willing to invest in yourself because that's, again, it goes back to if you don't do it, then who will? It is worth the investment for sure. And if you keep an eye on a conference that you might want to go to, you get early bird pricing usually if you do it early enough. I usually buy a year out. <laughs> yeah. In some cases, it's considerably cheaper. So that's something to keep in mind too. Do you have any local food blogging or blogging groups? I was just trying to think of other ways people could connect in real life without going to a conference. I know there are a few groups here in Minneapolis. I live just outside of LA. So you would think there's plenty of food bloggers here that we would be able to do like already have something set up. But I found that in general, I think we're all so busy. It just feels overwhelming to like set up one more thing. But I have connected with a few bloggers here and we always talk about how we need to get together. And I've kind of decided like I can spearhead getting us together like once or twice. It's just so nice to be able to sit down in real life with other people. And, and get to talk. And usually it's you spend some time talking about work, but you also just spend some time talking about life. So what about organization? Because for me, organizing my life and scheduling and planning is another huge thing for me to stay healthy, both physically and mentally. Do you have any tips for organization or planning? Um, so organization has always been one of my biggest downfalls. <laughs> my husband is very organized, very meticulous. And I am I joke that I'm a squirrel and am all over the map all the time. So that is something I've really been working on this year to, um, I guess this last year, was to really focus in on how I could become better organized. Um, and so for me, I'm a huge paper person. So I have to write everything down. Um, I have to think it all out on paper. And I take that paper and I now type up. Um, so I have like a million Google Docs, which also need more organization. And that's, I'm slowly... <laughs> I'm slowly getting all that put together, but I found for me, if I think it out on paper and then I can type it up. So now I have um, several different Google Docs with my ideas for things that I want to make for my blog um, and what what categories they fall under. And um, that's really helped me to be more productive. So I'm not sitting down and being like, oh, shoot, what should I do? I don't know. Um, and it's also enabled me to do better batch work. Um, so that way I can kind of sit down at the, you know, the end of the previous week or the beginning of the week and say, okay, what does our schedule look like this week? You know, when is my husband going to be home? When will I have help? What day can I batch work? Um, and then go ahead and pick anywhere from two to four new recipes. And some days, you know, it's awesome. And I get everything done and it, but it's allowed me to build up a huge backlog of, I mean, I think now I'm at like 30 or 40 recipes that I'm like, oh shoot, I really need to start getting these up on the blog. But it, it gives me that cushion for when I do have depression and I don't feel like cooking, but maybe I feel like, okay, well maybe I could like kind of work on a blog post. I have something to work on rather than like, well, I got nothing and like I'm just another failure again. Each person has to figure out what works for them. And I know some bloggers don't do the batch work. I love batching. On Mondays for me, I do filming and then Tuesdays is a different thing. And I find that I can get so caught up that way. But I know that not everybody works like that. You just have to find what works for you and utilize it. And I think it took me eight years to figure out how to batch work for myself. Because again, 
understand my husband's schedule is all over the place. And so when people are like, well, I sit, you know, I do all my batch work on Tuesdays. And I'm like, well, I do all my batch work at some point during the week. Um, but that's what works for me. And that's, you know, it's just having to calendar it out one week at a time. If I try to do a month at a time, it's going to go to pot because inevitably my husband has to go to court or something. And so then it's like, well, great. They're just what my plan for the week. Um, so if I, I have to create my very flexible calendar, I wish I could be one of those people who could plan out for the whole year, right. um, but that's just not going to work. And so I just kind of have to say like, well, keep a list of if I want to be working on things for St. Patrick's day, like in general, this is what I want to have done for St. Patrick's day. Let's keep it in mind for the few months leading up to it. And what I get done is what I get done. And if I don't get it done, then I don't get it done and I'll hold on to the idea for next year. I love that. So planning, but allowing flexibility as well so that you don't beat yourself up when things don't get accomplished. For me, allowing myself that grace of it's okay if I don't get everything done is, it, again, a huge part of allowing myself to not stress and then get depressed. It's just knowing that if I get some of the things done on my to-do list, that's a win. If I get most of the things done on my to-do list, that is like awesome because my to-do list is always going to be so much longer than I really am physically capable of doing. I think just saying it's okay that I got five out of the six recipes done that I was wanting to get done for this year, that's a huge accomplishment. I think sometimes we think we fail. No matter where we are, whether we have depression or not, we can feel like we failed because we didn't get all six done. When really you think about it, it's like five new recipes to go up, you know, in a two or three week stretch for a specific holiday is actually awesome. So instead of looking at our list and seeing what we didn't get done, it would be helpful to look and see what we did get done. I have to remind myself of that sometimes too. Instead of focusing on the negative, just be happy that things got accomplished. Yes. And that was something... I don't know why I had never really thought about that, but just recently, Danny from Food Blogger Entrepreneurs, um, that was something she said. And I was like, oh, that's totally awesome. I should be doing that. Of, I love, like, everybody is very satisfied by checking things off. So why not also keep a list of, like, things I have accomplished this week and start writing that down? Because then you'll realize, wait, I did a million things this week. That's awesome. Even if I didn't get everything done on my to-do list. I love that. I love the idea of putting that where you can see it like on a chalkboard or somewhere where you can just like walk by it and see it all the time. Like, yes, I'm awesome. I did all that today. <laughs> I did all that this week. Yeah. Or putting it next to your calendar. Um, so that way, when you see all the things that you had put up on the calendar of things you wanted to do, being able to say, you know what, I didn't get to some of those things, but look at all the things that I've gotten done over this last month that helped push me towards my goals, whether it's getting new blog posts up or creating that ebook or whatever it is, you're making progress. That is a great suggestion. Um, one of the things I love that you just touched on was doing weekly scheduling or some people do monthly scheduling. My husband and I have recently started sitting down together on Sundays and we just talk about our week, everything like kid details, appointments, everything. And then it just has made me feel so much more secure going into the week as opposed to before we started doing that. It was like, I don't know, you just are constantly wondering, like, is this all going to come together. So I love the idea of weekly scheduling and it has been a huge, huge help for me. And like you, I went most of my food blogging career without planning or organizing or scheduling. Like it was taking me so much energy to get everything done. So once I actually sat down and started planning and scheduling, even just a little bit, it has transformed my whole food blogging game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to think that like publishing a, blog, a new post like once a month was nearly impossible. And 
now I'm like, I can do four new posts in a week. I know I have to manage it, but like, that's totally doable. And I, I realized like, I think September last year, I was doing two different events. And so I had 12 blog posts to put up in two weeks. And I was like, I never could have done this when I first started. Um, but yeah, it was still some late nights because I was not as on top of things as I wanted, but I figured some things out and put some new systems in place so that I can get more done. And this is good for anyone dealing with depression or any sort of mental illness. But also, this is just great info for people who are looking to be more organized in food blogging. Yeah. Well, and I think anybody who has any sort of other obligations, whether it's having to take care of your parents or having a spouse in school or you know, any mom. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> who is trying to manage having little ones at home or, um, you know, as my kids get older, I've totally seen that we are only getting busier and it's not going to go away. Um, but I still have a baby. So I have that, you know, I have a 10 year old and I'm about to have a newborn. And so there's just so many things that can take away from my time. But if I just really look at each day, as a unique day and say, what are my main goals for the week? How can I make this happen? What is feasible for each day? I'm amazed just in how much I can get done, really. But it's having to like break it down into those bite-sized pieces and really focus on what are my goals? What am I going to work on? What's important? What's not? Also, for me, something that's been huge is asking for help or getting help in areas where I just kind of lack. Like for me, getting help with cleaning my house was really huge. And it took me a long time because it's expensive. But once I started doing that, so much time opened up for me. So I think it's really important that people find those things that they can get help with, whether it's having someone watch your kids or whatever it is. I just think that's super important. Have you tapped into that at all? Oh, 100%. So, I mean, as my kids have gotten older, it's been easier to say, well, hey, you want to earn some extra money? Here's some chores that you can do. And so I have a huge list. And when they have something in mind that they really want, it's awesome because all of a sudden a lot of work gets done. (laughs) Um, And then it was something I really had to sit down with my husband as we have big plans and big things that we want to do and make big changes in our life. But it was like, I can't work on my blog so that we can afford to do some of these things and take care of everything around the house. Um, I mean, and he's always very helpful, but it's also was just something that was like, you know, one of the things I am really awful about remembering to do is laundry. Our laundry's out in our garage. I constantly forget to switch it over. He's much better about that. And so that's kind of something he's taken over. I still fold it because he hates the folding and I can just knock it out. Um, and that doesn't bother me, but the physically doing the laundry has been too much. And so that's something he does. Um, Teamwork. I love it. (laughs) Teamwork. Weird. (laughs) And then also like I realized just recently I needed to get like, like a mommy's helper. Um, So I happen to know a family that homeschools and they have a daughter who's the perfect age to come over and play with my two-year-old or help with the baby when the baby comes. Um, And so I realized that was going to be something that would be really helpful for me, just to get a couple hours a couple times a week for filming and, you know, batch cooking and doing the photography and keeping my toddler busy. Um, and so I think it's sometimes having to think outside the box. And actually, one of the best things I've ever done is using Instacart to order my groceries. <gasps> I just started using Instacart. Oh, my gosh. And I love how at the end of each uh, purchase, it tells you how many hours you've saved shopping. 
Oh, I mean, it's hours, especially with a two-year-old. Hours and hours of my life. I feel like I've been able to take back. I love Instacart. Yes. And for me, I've also realized it's helped me with my accounting (laughs) because usually when I'm at the store, I don't want to have to make two separate purchases because I have a screaming two-year-old who is really angry with me that we're still at the grocery store. And so for me, it's been really nice to be able to like, here are my family groceries, order those. Here are the blog groceries, order those. Um, And so... It's just made it so much easier to actually expense the things that we can expense because when you're making food just for the blog, I mean, no normal family will make something four times in a month (laughs) because you're trying to figure out how to make it. (laughs) Right. And so, yeah. Like for me, Instacart has been a game changer. I am with you on that. And I know there are people out there who just like going to the store and they like the experience of being in the grocery store and picking out their own produce. But personally, it is such a time saver for me to not do that. I will gamble and maybe not get the most perfect avocado in the world. But I just I absolutely love having my groceries delivered to my door. It's amazing. Well, and I just found that even if I get the bulk of my groceries and I have to make a quick pit stop that I know is only going to take like 10 minutes, right? you know, to get those three or four pieces of produce or whatever that has to be exact or has to look really good, it's worth it. Because I still saved the hours that would have taken me to get enough groceries to feed my Polynesian family of five who Absolutely. eat a small ton. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to Instacart, do you have any other tips for services that you use that someone else might find valuable? You know, I think one of the other things is social media can really suck the life out of you, um, especially if you're trying to be on all the platforms. And for me, it was just realizing like I needed to spend the money to have like tailwind and um, a schedule Pinterest. So I'm not on Pinterest all the time and like being able to uh, Instagram is still my weak point. I still kind of do that every day because I can never remember to schedule it. (laughs) Um, And then using like the native scheduler in Facebook, I usually can get up in the morning and I can schedule all my posts for the day. Or if I'm really on top of things, I can do it and I can have several posts done for the whole week. So that way I, it's not something I'm having to be constantly like, Oh shoot, it's three o'clock and I haven't posted and I needed to post. Yeah. Social media schedulers are a huge lifesaver for me too. And I think it's just so easy to kind of dismiss them as like, Oh, they're not really going to help, but they really do. I mean, you might have to sit down for an hour to schedule things out, but you sat down for an hour and you have, you know, a week or two all mapped out. And it's like, well, sweet. Now I don't even have to think about that again. And if you sit down intentionally and just do it, like you said, in a chunk of time, it's amazing what you can get done in just like one or two hours. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I'll even just set a timer for like, I'm going to give myself 20 minutes to do this. So if I know that countdown's going, it's far easier to not get distracted by like just mindlessly scrolling on Facebook or Instagram. It's just, I have five minutes. I got to get this up, done. Okay, great. Cool. I'm off. I like the timer recommendation. I don't do a timer, but I do force myself to get off of social media just until I get a task done and it works. Social media, like you said, it's a time suck. Yes, it's awesome for certain things, but it can be really damaging too. Well, and I found too that I use the Facebook pages app um, a lot more now because then I don't get on the main app. So they're can't be the mindless scrolling, but I can still answer comments that I get on my Facebook page um, or see that, hey, I got a notification on Instagram that people are commenting. And so I can go quickly respond to those things and then get off um, instead of just getting distracted. So out of curiosity, have you by chance read the book called Lost Connections by Johan Hari? I think it is. 
I have not. A good friend of mine, she has experienced quite a bit of depression in her life. And she just recently recommended this book to me. And I haven't read it yet, but she was raving about it. So from what she described, it's the author taking a look at different causes of depression and anxiety and then focusing on what the disconnects are. Like if you're disconnecting from meaningful work or people or nature, then those can be causes of depression. You know, obviously there's sometimes a chemical imbalance, but sometimes it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It can be just this whole movement of people working from home and being isolated. She described it way better than I just did, but it just sounded super interesting. And I'm going to put it on my list of books to read, but I was wondering if you had checked that out. You know, I had not, but that I think that's a totally valid point. And even if you do have the chemical imbalance, again, there are so many factors to like managing that chemical imbalance um, as best as you can. Um, so no, I, well, I just typed it down because I want to go look at it. That's been on my, one of, one of the books that I think was a big game changer for me probably four or five years ago was um, How to Get Your Girl Back. It was just really good for me to realize like I had lost myself. Um, just at the point of life where we were at, it was extremely stressful. And I had was coming out of a long, like year long depression bout. Um, and like where I just, I like I was not functioning. It was a really hard time for me to just be a mom. Um, but as I read that book, it was like realizing like I had lost myself and I needed to put things back into place to take care of me and to figure out how to be me again. Um, and so for me, it was just good to even like realize, have that moment of realization that I wasn't who I used to be. Um, and I could get that person back. Yeah, it definitely changes you, but it is possible to rebuild. And I think that's important to keep in mind. So I think we're going to wrap up our chat unless you have anything else you want to share about tips or tricks that you have for my listeners. You know, I think it's just acknowledging that it's okay if you have depression. I think it's so hard when you are feeling down to let yourself work through that bout. Um, but I have found that the more I try to fight and like force myself out of my depression, the longer I stay in it. Um, and so there have been times where I take a week or two and I, I kind of just have to feed it. And I have to kind of tell my kids, like, you have to entertain yourself. Like I, I can't handle it. Um, and we're going to eat a lot of cereal. <laughs> we're going to eat chicken nuggets. Everyone's going to survive this two weeks and I'm going to lay down and read because that's about all I feel capable of. Um, you know, and my whole family, as we've talked about it, and it's something that we've all learned that we all need that time. Um, and it's okay if I take that time because in the end, if I allow myself to just work through my depression slowly, I come out of it sooner-ish. <laughs> sooner-ish. <and then laughs> sooner-ish. Um, but then it allows me to kind of get back to our normal things and be able to like buy stages, you know, be able to say, okay, we're going to upgrade and we're not going to have cereal today. We might have oatmeal and like, whoo, we made it. But those little, those little achievements kind of then help me to bring me back to myself. And it can be really hard to say that that's okay, but it, it has to be okay. Cause this is why you get into stuck in that spiral. 
So sometimes it's allowing yourself to kind of go with the spiral to find your way out. Like with anything, I feel like the more you fight it, the less progress you're going to make. So even though depression is not a fun thing, kind of wrapping your arms around it and just saying, okay, this is where I'm at and preparing your family, like you said, your loved ones, letting them know what to expect from you. I think those two things alone are really, really great bits of advice. So thank you. Thank you. I think people are going to find great value in this information. So I just really appreciate you being here today. I know that what you go through is not easy, but it was just healing hearing from you. And if this can help even one person, that I think that it's all worth it. So thank you, Jade, for being here. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful that you allowed us to have this conversation because I think so many times people don't want to talk about it because it. I don't know. I don't know why we don't want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. And so we're in an isolating business. So being able to talk about it and acknowledge that it happens means we can all work together to move on from that. I love that so much because you're right. I think it's like a just a topic that people shy away from. But like you said, this is an isolating business. So I think we should start opening up a little bit about it and think it will feed our souls a little bit more. So you will have a list of favorite resources that I'm going to put on eatblogtalk.com. So food bloggers, if you are interested in hearing Jade's list of resources that can help you get through bouts of depression or any mental illness or any issues that you're having, you can find the show notes for her at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Jade Jones. So Jade, tell my listeners the best place to find you online. You know what? I'm on Facebook. I'm I am managing my Facebook and I am very active on there. Um, you can find me there. You can always email me at jonesandfortaste at gmail.com. Um, and I'm always happy to talk with other people who feel like they're struggling because we all need that hand up sometimes out of the darkness. Thank you for the chat today. It has been so much fun. And thank you for listening, food bloggers. I will catch you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Thank you.